What do you think of first when you hear the words mission statement, core values, vision? You might be thinking these are the things that big successful businesses have and it may not be relevant to us as small pharmacy businesses, but it's so critical to our growth. As our guest this week, Tristan White, the CEO of the PhysioCo, shares with us how it's contributed to their exponential business growth, but also led to them being recognised as Australia's number one great place to work. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 78. Big show today. We've got enough time for a quick check-in with you. We have a Pharmacy Freedom Index Insight. That's right, we're bringing them back. We've got a Transformation Masterclass update coming up for you ahead of our Masterclass next Friday. And of course, our fantastic interview with Tristan White. I have been so looking forward to this particular one. I've been a massive follower of Tristan for a number of years now, admiring their rise through the BRW's Great Place to Work list. And it was fantastic to see them hit the top of the listings last year. And I'm sure they will again this year. How's your week been? Has it been a good one? It's great, particularly in Melbourne here, that our weather is now looking like it's getting over to spring. We're getting uh, probably about six or seven degrees higher than what we normally do. And uh, of course, as you might remember from last week, you might be thinking, my voice sounds a little bit better. May not be back to where it should be, but uh, I'm still recovering from the virus or as it's being referred to around here, the man flu, which uh, is, <laughs> I'm copying no uh, sympathy from my household. And uh, probably, and I'll share with you a little story as to probably why I haven't helped myself, is that I should have probably been recovering a little bit more last weekend. But um, one of my great mates of over 20 years uh, presented me with a unique opportunity of pulling on the football boots once again probably been about five and a half years since my last official game for a round robin carnival last weekend and uh, of course I jumped at the chance despite the fact that I should have been recovering so I have been paying the price in both family banter but also physical soreness since and uh yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you call it delayed onset muscle soreness, but uh, I'm still pretty sore four days on. So uh, forgive me if I do sound still a little bit off and I don't expect any sympathy as well. Given that I've had to take it a little bit easier this week, um, I've started to put together um, and I'm hoping that I'm going to be starting to blog again. Um, you probably think, well, if you go to my site, robertstar.com, there's not a whole lot of blog posts there. Um, I've had a number that have filtered through probably in the last probably three to six months. But obviously, putting together a weekly podcast uh, is probably a blog in itself. Um, and pretty much the show notes, if you haven't already visited them, are in fact like blog posts. Um, as you've probably seen in the last month or so, we've evolved them. They're now 
got a full timeline. They've got uh, information around all the links we talk about throughout the show. So in a way, they have been my blog post, but it's sometimes nice to actually uh, get your thoughts out of your head onto paper as well. So I've been mapping out some posts that I'm going to publish. Um, the first one next uh, tomorrow, actually, on uh, robertstar.com, and um, looking forward to uh, getting those out there, and uh, very much, uh, yeah, something that's been on the agenda for a little while, and I'm sure for all of us, uh, there are those things that sit on the to-do list for a while that nag at you, nag at you, and it's one of those things that I wanted to get done. So I hope you enjoy the post that comes out, and of course, if you'd love to be one of the first to read it, and uh, also, when you get notified of the first podcasts that come out every single week, you can just do that by signing up to my mailing list at robertstar.com, which you haven't, if you haven't already, you will also get the first two chapters of Transformation, the book, as a bonus, as well as those emails when uh, new shows and blog posts are published as well. But you might even get a sneak preview uh, with this week's Pharmacy Freedom Index, which I did promise at the beginning of the show. So, as I mentioned, this week's episode is brought to you by Pharmacy Freedom Index. Audible's going to have a little break uh, this week, and of course, I would love you to let me know if you'd signed up for their service, whether it's been good, bad, otherwise. Obviously, if they're not supporting you well, uh, they're probably not a good sponsor for our show, and uh, I'm just reviewing at the moment with them as to how we go about moving forward, uh, but I would like to know how you guys have enjoyed their service, whether you've downloaded an audiobook, have you enjoyed them, and of course, if you are listening to a few audiobooks, I'd love to know what you chosen and uh, we might be able to compare notes as well. So feel free to send me an email at robert at robertstar.com and I'd love to hear from you. But nonetheless, I digress. This week's episode is brought to you by Pharmacy Freedom Index. So join over 150 pharmacy owners now who in the last 12 months have discovered why there has never been a better time to plan their pharmacy's future, especially now that we've gained more certainty over our dispensary and professional services for another five years. So if you would like to discover your biggest opportunities in nine critical areas of your business, visit pharmacyfreedomindex.com. It will only take you seven to 10 minutes and you'll receive an instant summary report as well. As I may have mentioned in previous shows as well, if you would like to deep dive and map out a 12-month blueprint for you to either do it alone or how you can accelerate your results, then you can book in for a discovery session afterwards. I'll put the links in the show notes for you to check that out but that is available for you as well. And of course, as I've probably mentioned, probably not for a few months now, not to saying we haven't been doing them, I just haven't had the chance to talk about it on the show because we've had fantastic guests, comments, feedback that I've been sharing. So I wanted to share again some of the insights that I get on a weekly basis in having these discovery sessions with motivated pharmacy owners like you. So this week's insight is around the cost of your inventory or your merchandise, depending on how you look at it, is not just what you see on the invoice you receive and ultimately pay for to the company or wholesaler. So what I mean by that is that the cost to your business is not simply just when the product arrives in the store, 
it has a lot to do with the process. So you really need to be looking at the whole process, not just on the point of when you select it from the product, the customer hands over their money at the till and you can calculate your profit margin. It has a lot to do with the process of how you go about it in your business. So if we look at the whole process of just simply looking at the fact that we order and reorder stock all the way through to the entry to the accounting system and the archiving of that document, which as we all know from the Australian taxation system is probably seven years later. So it has a lot more moving pieces involved than we perhaps don't give it credit for. Um, and as I might've mentioned earlier, that's actually gonna be the feature of our blog post this week is around that seven year cycle. Now I'm not saying that we need to factor in the cost of archiving into a great level of detail as to how we purchase stock. We just need to be aware that all of those little one percenters actually do have an attributable cost to your inventory in the pharmacy as well. And the biggest gold nugget that we've discovered in a number of these sessions is that your merchandise discounts, and a lot of us do hang our hats on how well we can negotiate a deal with a supplier and whether that we get 5%, 20% or an extra 5% better than perhaps a buying group or a banner group can negotiate and we feel pretty good about doing that. But the thing to realize with that is that often it comes with a little catch is that we need to range a certain number of products or a number of facings or a number of depth to be able to be eligible for those discounts. And generally speaking, if you look at these products that you get as part of that range and discount structure, look at your stock turns. If you haven't sold it every 60 days, or in some cases up to 90 days, your stock's actually costing you money and it's actually, you need to be charging that stock rent for its place on your shelves. And in a sense, that's where your discounts are actually going. So my recommendation is, one, check out tomorrow's blog post, but it'll give you a whole lot more detail as to what goes into that process if you haven't mapped it out already. And the second action is actually map out that process in your pharmacy, right from ordering to entering into your accounting system as well. It'll show you all of those one percenters we're talking about, and you will discover just by mapping that out, how many steps in that process can be aided or automated through technology, delegation or elimination, ultimately saving you time and money. And there's a couple of supporting links that I will put in the show notes here at robertstar.com forward slash episode 78. And they are links to some supporting resources about cloud accounting and what that involves and how you can eliminate some processes and streamline your workflow. And also one relating to paperless systems as well. So check out those links at the show notes. You will be able to get them straight away. Don't forget, just a quick reminder about the Transformation Masterclass coming up next Friday with Hilary Khan around building your customized retail category for your pharmacy. It is limited to 100 seats only and less than 20 seats remain. So make sure you book in now to avoid disappointment. And of course, if you can't attend live, you will get access to the replay. So the the web link for that one, it'll be in the show notes as well, is robertstar.com forward slash category builder webinar. And of course, when we're talking about replays, the last few days are available for you to grab the replay of our previous masterclass, which was with Jeff Green a few weeks ago around planning your smart pharmacy exit as well. 
So, if you've had this on your to-do list for a while now, cross it off your list to avoid missing out. We're going to head across to Tristan for our interview. I know you will simply love this one. The passion story, the humble beginnings of the Physio Co, growing to be Australia's greatest place to work. I know you're going to love it. Our interview today is with Tristan White. He's the CEO of the Physio Co, which stands for Chief Enthusiasm Officer, and they are ranked number one in Australia's BRW list of the best places to work in Australia. He is so passionate about creating a great place to work, he's just about to launch his new book, Passion and Purpose at Work. Tristan White, welcome to the Transformation Show. G'day, Rob. It's nice to be here. Oh, look, fantastic to have you on, Tristan. And, uh, you know, in this state of flux in pharmacy at the moment where so much uncertainty is upon us and we're looking at ways to obviously save money on our operational levels, sometimes our colleagues aren't looking at, um, I guess, the culture of the workplace as the first and foremost priority. And uh, as a great exponent and uh, Australia's number one great place to work, I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about it. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It's, um, I'm really excited to share with you um, my journey as a in building a great place to work in the in the physio world, and, and hopefully there's plenty of um, plenty of stories to tell and, and similarities to share um, over to the pharmacy world as well. Oh, absolutely. And I guess that some of our listeners might be thinking, well, what could I learn from a, from a physio? And uh, I guess we're, we're all fellow allied health practitioners as well. And, uh, you know, as, as per your culture, you know, you love oldies, we love oldies. And, uh, you know, I think we can learn, learn a lot from each other. And uh, I guess from, from that background, Tristan, um, what, what was it that, um, I guess, spurred you to, you know, sit back and create the culture for the Physio Co when you started? And, uh, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about that journey and how it's worked for your business. Yeah, sure thing, Rob. So, look, perhaps I'll go right back to the start and, um, and just let people know that I was a, um, I was a graduate physio uh, a few years back and I was really keen on my, my real passion. I, I really thought my, my passion and my career was going to head in a pretty typical physio direction and that was uh, work in the, in the large teaching hospitals, then uh, make my way across to private practice and hopefully I'd, I'd be a, um, a practice owner, suburban practice owner myself one day, uh, focusing on sports and um, and then if I progressed the way I'd hoped, uh, one day the mighty Richmond Tigers was um, was were my ultimate goal to be the the physio for the mighty Tigers, Rob. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I graduated and I I, I joined a um, a group of uh, practices. There was about half a dozen physio practices, and I and I worked for them for about a year or so. And as much as I really wanted to love it, and as much as I really wanted to um to progress in that direction, and I, and I did have a chance to work with an elite sports team. Uh, my heart just wasn't in it, and um, it was it was a tough tough change of direction in my career. But um, when I reflected on what I really loved, um, oldies really was my game, and I, I I really did love working with older people. I found it much more rewarding, and I was really passionate about finding other people who also wanted to work uh, with uh, with oldies. So I um I got a very small contract at a nursing home in uh, in Preston in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and uh, for 12 hours a week I was the physio uh, on the tools uh, helping oldies to stay mobile safe and happy and I must admit I was at my my happiest in my professional career working closely with oldies in nursing homes and thinking through how I was going to build a business and build a strong organization that could really um, grow into this emerging and, and uh, look I 
I must need to be honest as well, Rob, is I saw an opportunity in aged care. So I thought combining what I really enjoyed doing with what I thought a decade ago was a really um, good direction to head in my physio career. Um, that's when I started the Physio Co. And, um, and from day one, I was always about providing a memorable service and, um, and then doing my best to attract people to come and join me on the journey who also were interested in, uh, in, um, in helping oldies and being positive and, and professional about the way I went, they did things. So that was the starting point for how uh, the Physio Co. got off the ground back in 2004. Yeah, no, look, it's a fa- fascinating story. And, you know, I guess as we all uh, get exposed to all sorts of opportunities when we finish up our, you know, undergraduate training and our internship and so forth, we, you know, naturally gravitate to, you know, I guess the areas that most interest us after, you know, having a look at, you know, perhaps one area that might work and you and you move away from it and, you know, then you establish yourself. And, you know, it's absolutely fa- fantastic. And uh, did you get the opportunity to get, get across to Richmond at any stage? even for a placement? Uh, look, I didn't get to Richmond, unfortunately, um, Rob, but uh, I, I was lucky enough to do a placement um, uh, when I was preparing for uni. When I was still at school, I did some time at the Carlton Footy Club. And, uh, and then during my physio degree, I was lucky enough to, do, to spend some time with the physios from the North Melbourne Footy Club as well. So yeah. um, I, I had a bit of exposure to AFL. And, um, and then in my first year as a physio, I actually was the physio for, the, for Gippsland Power in the under-18 TAC Cup. So um, that's as close as I got, unfortunately. Well, it may, may have been exposed to some future champions as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It was, uh, there were was, was some good players down there and, uh, and certainly uh, uh, young Scott Pendlebury, who now uh, is a star for the Pies, um, he, was, he was there along with his elder brother at the time was at Gippsland Power. So, yeah, interesting times. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess when you started thinking about, okay, you know, you've found your passion in aged care and uh, thinking about, okay, I'd love to have other physios surrounded my, surrounding me with, with that same goal in mind. And I guess what brought you to then really get to the point where you documented um, your culture, I, you know, I think it's very well known that the Physio Co is producing a fantastic uh, culture book and, you know, well known for your vision statements that you've put together over the years. But, you know, it's something that a lot of our colleagues have probably thought about in the past or have been prodded by an accountant uh, to do a mission statement or values. But uh, I think for a lot of us, it just sits in the office or the tea room having been done once and probably never again. But, you know, what was it about it for you that thought, well, this is something we need to commit to and uh, not only commit to once, but continually revisit and grow? Mm. Robert, actually, as, as much as I'd love to say it was a proactive approach, uh, it, it really was a bit of a, um, a learning from a challenging situation that really got me off my got me off my my bum and, and to um to start creating the vision of the future for the physio co. Uh, and what I mean by that is that um, as I said, I started the business in two thousand four was just me. Two thousand five started employing a few physios. And um, we were slowly growing the size of our organisation over the, the first three or four years. But, um, but five years in, I actually had a business that I didn't enjoy running. I didn't enjoy um, being the, the owner and the, and the manager of the Physio Co. And the reason was that everyone was reporting to me. I had about 20 employees. They all reported directly to me and they didn't have a framework or a direction as to where we're headed as an organization or a way that they could make decisions um, and they weren't any, it wasn't an empowered workforce to, to really move the business forward. 
and, and so I, I got to this point, I was really frustrated. I was really fed up and thinking, geez, Tristan, you spent five years building a business. There's 20 physios. It's a, it's a moderate size in the grand scheme of physio practices, uh, and yet you're really not enjoying it. It's not what you thought it was going to be. And so that's when I went looking for a solution and um, I'm always looking for what, what is the right system or solution in our business, whether it's technology or whether it's, um, it's something, something different. And I discovered this idea of a values-based business using core values as the real um, platform or framework to empower a group of people to, to move together as, as a really um, strong team. And, and so what I did was... Uh, Despite the challenge of getting getting the hell away from the business for a short short while because it was very dependent on me, uh, I jumped on a plane and my, my wife and I headed to North America for a couple of weeks and we visited a couple of other businesses who were very keen or, or very focused on the seniors world, on, on oldies, and um, we got some experience sharing from what other people were doing. And then I, I, we got serious about setting a very long-term goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal, or <laughs> BHAG, as Jim Collins would um, would describe it. Uh, and then, but ten years is too far out for most employees. So then we we broke it down into a three-year vision, a three-year painted picture vision of what we would look like in three years' time. And a key part of that were our four core values, um, and, and so the core values as to how we act together as a team that will then help us to bring that three-year vision to life. And if we hit the three-year vision, we're on track to uh, to get towards the the 10-year. So that's the that's the concept, Rob, um, yeah. which has worked really nicely for us. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I guess creating that sense of purpose as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of our colleagues that will be listening today will be thinking, you know, look, I really need to change this whole what's in it for me culture. Uh, and they may be propagating it themselves with some of the recent decisions they may have had to make to save operational costs. But, you know, nonetheless, it's viewing your team as, a, as an asset rather than that liability. And, uh, you know, it's probably, tra- probably the reason why pharmacies might be a, a I guess a less attractive place to to work at the moment. So to give your team a purpose to work towards, and uh, you know, not not only um, you know work towards, but be able to see at which point in time where they could be making their biggest differences uh, is such a such a great thing. And I, I guess when when you did that. Um, did you immediately think, well, I'll, I'll tell my team, but did you put it on paper and, uh, and document it um, f- for them so that they had to carry it with them all the time? Yeah, look, we did. We went through a pretty um, pretty sort of intensive process of, of creating the vision and then communicating it. Um, but and, and I'll tell you that in just one sec, but I just wanted to, um, Rob, you mentioned that um, it's a bit of a what's in it for me culture at True. the moment in, in the pharmacy world. And um, I just want to sort of paint the picture for everyone so that everyone is on the same page with me is that I, that's a, I said there's a real opportunity for pharmacy owners to really paint a picture of the future and it's tough going at the moment. I, I hear that. I understand it. But um, I'd like you guys to, to turn back the clock 10 years, 2005, um, in the aged care world and I was a young graduate physio in a smelly old nursing home who thought that I could build a team that could um, one day turn out to be Australia's best place to work. And I was in an, the ugly duckling of the health world being um, being aged care, and it was unsexy. It was a real... Um, you asked most people that they thought it was a really crappy place to work. Um, but by having a vision as to how you can move beyond the current environment and move and create something much more significant than yourself um, in the years to come, I think that's the real power of, of the vision. And that's why I think there's a real opportunity for many pharmacy owners at the moment. 
Yeah, look, I think I think that's the, probably the biggest thing too in that, um, you know, we're so caught up in the, the massive changes of the last five to ten years that we're very much looking at, you know, what the next year looks like, let alone the next five years. But, you know, in, in sync with where we currently sit in, uh, in, in August of 2015, we've just been given that five years of certainty through uh, the federal government and the Pharmacy Guild agreeing to, you know, what the payment schemes are going to look like and professional services opportunities. So there is that financial certainty. So there's probably never been a better time to be establishing what you're going to look like in that next five years. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, so now back to the story about our um, our big, hairy, audacious goal, yeah. which in uh, uh, we set a 10-year goal that we're going to deliver t- um, 2 million physiotherapy consultations for Australian aged care residents, um, which is a lot. We were only delivering uh, 40,000 per year at the time, and which meant we had to grow by 35% year on year on year on year um, to get to 2 million consults in, in 10 years' time. Um, and we're on track, and we're, we're now seven years um, into that journey. But, um, but what we did was, and I remember it very, very clearly, Rob, is that um, I had multiple versions of our, our core purpose and our core values and, and our painted picture vision of the next three years. And they're probably the critical things I'd like to share with everyone in, in the audience yeah. is that um, – and that we – I remember I rented this, um, this old sort of classroom in, in, a, in a TAFE building in uh, Wellington Street, St Kilda, and I invited all my team to come into, um, into that team meeting. And it was across the road from our office and it was a cold winter's night – um, in St Kilda in Melbourne and um, we had a bit of a learning event, a professional development event for our team and at the end I, um, I then presented to them with a PowerPoint presentation and also uh, some handouts as to what the, the PhysioCo's painted picture of 2012 would look like and uh, where we would look like and what we would be doing um, in three years' time on the 31st of December 2012. And I was so passionate about the vision and it was so clear to me and I explained how we'd grow from 20 team members to 50 team members and, and how we'd, um, we'd be moving from delivering 40,000 consultations a year to, to more than 100,000 consults per year. Um, and, and probably the biggest goal for me was to hit the top 10 of Australia's great place to work according to BRW's annual list. Annual list. And, um, and I presented it and I, and I, could, I could see the eyes of, of the people in my staff. And, and, and then when I stopped, there was a deadly silence in the room. And I thought to myself, holy hell, what's happened here? And I asked for feedback and my team, they said, Tristan, we love it. We would love to work for that organization that you speak of in three years' time. <laughs> but we are age conservative, or they didn't say conservative, but we are aged care physios and we've got no idea how, that, how on earth we're going to do it. And I said, fantastic. Okay, we've got it. Focus on the future. We will figure out how on earth we're going to get there. But if we all agree that that's where we're headed and that's what we can achieve together, then let's figure it out together as we go. And most importantly, me as the owner and as the CEO, it was my job to figure it out. It was um, the, my team on the floor's job to get to do the doing, um, as Michael Gerber from the E-Myth would say, yeah. and, um, and to actually treat the residents in aged care and then provide us with feedback from what's happening in those aged care homes and how we can use that information, that data, to grow as an organisation, and so that was the um, that was the first release. Um, and Rob, I actually also sent home a copy of the painted picture vision via courier to um, to the homes of every staff member. 
because I, I wanted them to hear it. I wanted them to hold it in their hands when we were um, in that meeting, and I wanted them to get home and, and actually have another copy that wasn't crumpled on the on the front seat of their car <laughs> or, or wherever it was to um, to make sure they did uh, that it did land on the kitchen bench. And hopefully, just hopefully, their husbands or wife or kids or boyfriend or girlfriend might see it and say, "Hey, that's interesting. Um, uh, tell me a bit more about this place you work." Because the more people that know about your vision, the the um, the further, in my opinion, that you can can make it make it come true. Yeah, yeah. No, look, that's absolutely sensational. And I guess there's nothing like, uh, you know, jumping out of the plane without a parachute and building it on the way down and uh, forces you into action very, very quickly. And, and, and I guess, you know, look, from our, from our listeners perspective, look, listening to this as well. And, you know, I think a lot of us over the journey have probably shied away from sharing those big, hairy, audacious goals with our teams, uh, because it's a case, well, what if they go and tell my competitor about it? And, uh, you know, it always brings me back to that great uh you know i think it was richard branson who had said it that uh, you know if you don't uh you know and that related more to the training aspect but it was a case of you know if you you know train people and they leave but what if they stay and you don't train them and uh you know it's very much about having that collaborative culture and i think too many of us um you know as as pharmacy owners have tried to figure everything out themselves and not really share it and just you know <clears throat> see our teams as those who are going to lead it but not really know where it's all come from so that's absolutely fantastic and when you shared that with with your team as well um you know i, I guess the initial response was how are we going to do it and you know they had to trust you that you were going to figure it out and and help them on that journey but you know did you find that you had people working for you that just you know after a couple of days said look tristan i appreciate where you're going to go but this doesn't meet where i want to go or you know it, it just doesn't seem realistic yeah, look, we we did. So so we, we had about 20, 20 staff at that time, and um, of the twenty seventeen, um, really were really keen for the for the future journey, and there were three who who weren't so keen, and um, and weren't aligned to where we were going, and and I think it's important that uh, look, I was only a young a young fellow at that stage. I was pretty enthusiastic about where we're about to head, but but on reflection, I, I really see that it wasn't particularly fair. Of me, the way I, from that one very moment, I changed the goalposts as to um, where the physio co was headed, and also how we would act and how we would um, we would bring that to life. Because there had been an existing culture, and there had been an existing understanding as to what the physio co was about, and from that moment in time, I changed it, and um, and I expected people to come on that journey with me. And um, the way I communicated it, it, it was able to get a vast majority of people on the bus, so to speak. Um, but, but I had a one-to-one conversation with each and every one of those 20 team members after that initial presentation. And we talked about where we were headed, um, what's, what was important uh, to be doing in terms of getting the first few months off the ground and, and how we could get some momentum and also how they felt about the, the, the changes we, we were talking about. And there were three members that um, that just weren't weren't keen, and and two of them it only took a short time, and, and we sort of parted parted directions, and they went and found a a home for their working career that they were happier with. Um, there was one person who really wasn't keen to go on this journey with us, but also loved the physio co for what it had been before this moment, and was very keen for to to continue on in um in the the old 
method, I suppose. And, and that was a more challenging conversation, a more challenging journey for both of us. But, um, but it's important that as leaders, we do make bold decisions. We include people in the journey and the communication. We listen closely, but we, we do stick to the direction that we think is best for our businesses. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it can be confronting and it's, you know, your, your business is better and the company culture is certainly better for being able to polarise people at that point to make that choice as to whether they're, you know, aligned to your vision or, or, or not. And and I guess, you know, with the, you know, the benefits of hindsight and reflection and I guess for the benefit of our, of our listeners today, Tristan, I, I wonder if, if, you, if, you, if you could talk to yourself 10 years ago, would there be anything that you would have changed about how you developed it and how you you know went about implementing it um look i i don't think any wholesale changes rob um but i really i'm a big student of learning from from others and and so i'm um i i've done formal study and also i'm, I'm continuously reading and, and listening to podcasts and the like and and i think it's important to um to to not knowing more, but actually doing more. And what I say about that is that I know that I should hire slowly and I should fire fast if people um, to get the right people into my um, my culture. And but there are times along the journey where we've really needed a physio to help fill a fill a role. So we've hired fast, um, and we've also been and made mistakes. And there's also been times where people haven't been working around, working out. They're not living our core values. They're not fitting into our culture, and they're they're frustrating me. And they're they're probably frustrating their teammates more. And I haven't been brave enough or bold enough to fire fast. Um, in in a, of course in a fair and respectful way. Um, so I'd really think that if there's one anything that I'd I'd remind myself is that stick to the basics, the basic building blocks of business really do work and imp- implement them and execute those basic um, pieces of advice and basic things um, with absolute discipline. And I think I probably would have been in a, had more, less, probably less sleepless nights and, um, and probably enjoyed the journey a bit more than what I, what I have done at times. Oh, you gotta gotta love those sleepless nights, and uh, <laughs> and, and and I guess uh, you know it was we were chatting even before we hit record. You know, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Tony Shea and uh, and Zappos and delivering happiness, which uh, I know I knew you are as well. And you know, I remember you know one thing that stood out so much is that some of the top tier technical developers that were around in the US at the time when they were growing exponentially never made it onto a Zappos team because they didn't meet those core ca- core values. And, and we're a good culture fit for, for Zappos. And, uh, you know, no doubt you can look at any function of our businesses, particularly in pharmacies, where you can have a fantastic exponent of a particular function of the business, whether it be someone who can dispense very efficiently from a te- dispensary technician point of view, and you might want to hire that person because of that ability. But if they, you know, really do poison your organisation, you know, in, in a sense that they don't represent where the business is going and, you know, every Everything that it represents, then it's not going to help your business, despite obviously a, a standout performance in one area. Yeah, look, agreed entirely, Robin. And look, I, I don't, I don't profess to know anything about the the pharmacy game, but um, but but I think in that example you just gave, a um, someone who can dispense um, uh, fast enough or accurately enough, and potentially can imp- has got scope to improve that um, that output. Um, but is a real good culture fit for organisation is is the right person to hire in, in any business in, in my experience. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess I guess for our listeners who are now, you know, they're a little bit if certainly engaged and, you know, love love the journey that you've been on and, you know, thinking about their businesses a little bit more from a distance right now as opposed to, you know, looking at all the fires they've got to put out day to day and they're thinking, okay, yeah, look, I am going to be in the pharmacy business for the next 5, 10, 20 years and I really need to establish that. So, you know, what advice would you give to, you know, you know, even the first couple of steps of, you know, taking that journey? Yeah, so so look, I think um, I think what I'd like to point everyone to the the listeners to is um, I've got a blog site which is called Culture Is Everything. Um, it's over at tristanwhite.com.au, and um, on that um, on that blog site, there's a download you can grab. It's called the Culture Is Everything Checklist, and it's got the steps that um, that I've used to to build a strong place or a great place to work, sort of outlined pretty clearly. And um, so grab a copy of that if you are really interested. But, but to summarize it down, the most important thing is to have, a, have an idea of where you want to head and, and where you want to take your business. I'm talking about a vision, a vision and um, not everyone feels comfortable to, um, to think 10 to 15 years into the future, which is what Jim Collins from Good to Great suggests. Um, but as you've mentioned, Rob, there is a, a five-year horizon that, that you guys have got some stability and some um, sustainability around. So perhaps you're focusing on that five-year time frame is something you're a bit more comfortable about and really put some some milestones or something in place that you really can focus on to sink your teeth in into um, uh, heading to in the in the future so I really think having a um, a clear vision of the future is a real starting point that um, that you can uh, align your team around and then start building a strong culture towards yeah, no, absolutely sensational. And uh, we'll put all the links for that in the show notes, as well as uh, the PhysioCo's culture book, uh, which Tristan has been kind enough to share with us as well. And we'll put those links in there for you to grab it as well. And, and I guess as we start to, you know, forecast a little a little forward, Tristan, you know, we look at the future of healthcare and, uh, you know, the fact that we are now seeing huge developments in not only the internet of everything and how that might connect to patients that enable them to be monitored and looked after you know from a distance or virtually in their own homes and we're seeing different practice environments as well evolving and and, and as our, our listeners may know the physio co you know really does work from the clinic of everywhere visiting patients in nursing homes and in their homes as well so how do you how do you keep the culture alive and strong when you know that your team is so far spread and um, you know keep them really aligned to all those milestones that you talk about Mm, good, good question, Robert. And if I was to break that down to one word, it's communication and having a real clear plan around how we're going to communicate with our team and 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 what we're going to do. And and the physio has got a really, uh, I'd love to say it's like uh, it's simple. Um, it's simple when received by the by the the members of our team, but it really is quite complex. The calendar of communication that we do have in place these days. And that's um, a combination of face-to-face events. I really don't think there's any um, excuse for not having some face-to-face events with your team throughout the year. And the PhysioCo has got a rhythm of face-to-face events, including our annual PhysioCo birthday party that happens in February of every year to celebrate another year the PhysioCo has been around for. Um, we have something called TPC Swarm, um, which is our annual conference where um, all our physios swarm in and we have a full day of learning and team building. That's actually happening this week um, in Melbourne in, in August every year. And then at the end of the year, we have a, have a Christmas party where, again, um, we all come together, have a bit of fun. And, and I think it's really important you have face-to-face events. Um, I, I think it's important that you have a common language 
And so the physio code talks about our common language, our core values of respect everyone, be memorable, think big, act small, and find a better way is the language that we all use. Um, our painted picture is part of the, the language we all use. Our big, hairy, audacious goal, we've got this common language that we do use as members of the TPC team. And so there's the face-to-face events, there's a the common language we all use. There's also, um, we have the formal type of communication, which is our quarterly performance reviews or quarterly cultural reviews. Um, every team member gets to sit down with their supervisor once a quarter to have a, combination, a, a conversation about how they're living the PhysioCo core values, how the PhysioCo is living their core values, and how we can both align ourselves to the future vision of our business. Uh, that's some of the formal ways. And then just informally, the, we probably have a bit of a structure to the informal communication. And as, as crazy as that sounds, um, every single person who um, is unwell or has something that's not quite working out in their life will receive a, a message or a gift or something from, from the physio co, um, even when they didn't expect it. Um, an example of that is that people get sick, bad stuff happens in people's personal lives. Um, like it or not, it will affect our businesses. But um, but we actually have an unlimited budget for bunches of flowers at the Physio Co. And, um, and we send a bunch of flowers or a get well card gift to one of our team members or one of our team members' families almost every single week because it's important to know that your employer cares. And, um, and that's something that's unexpected and unplanned in the eyes of the people receiving it because something's bad's gone wrong. From our end, it actually was pretty well planned. Um, so, Rob, I've just dumped a whole lot of stuff on you and your listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, that's but, fantastic. But that's, that's the concept, I suppose. And, and I guess, you know, as we talk a, a fair bit about technology as well on the show, have you utilised anything to keep people connected to the physio co whilst they're out on the road and keeping up to date with new things that are happening even in the industry as well? Yes. So look, we we use all the basics of of, um, of phones and texts and emails, um, Rob. But um, but something that we've we really are pretty intertwined with these days is our own social network. Um, it's it's called Yammer, Y A M M E R, which some people may be aware of. But it's um, as described by one of our team members, it's Facebook for TPCs, yeah. and it really is a closed social network that um, the only members of the Physio Co are um, members of our of our network. And um, and we, we communicate daily and share updates, both professional and personal. Um, can send messages to each other. It really is an example, like a Facebook, purely for our team, where we can use that to to communicate in a professional way. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, you know, particularly in pharmacy, we've got full-time staff and part-time and <clears throat> perhaps even casuals that may only work one shift a month. And it's so important that uh, everyone's up to date with what's going on in the business, you know, whether they've been there every day or, you know, come in on the odd occasion, which is, uh, you know, a brilliant tool. And uh, I think, you know, it's we may have mentioned it once before, but we'll put a link in the show notes for you to check out as well. And I guess, Tristan, is also in, in terms of the future and, uh, you know, where your crystal ball, where the physio co is going to go, like what, what have you seen as perhaps the, the biggest game changer that, uh, you know, and perhaps you could accelerate that without the time and resources required that um, you would love to see, you know, in, in primary healthcare, your business or even in pharmacy? Mm, so, so I've been, I've been thinking through this, Rob, and, and how um, a, a service provider like the Physio Co could could in, um, work with with pharmacists to um, to really ex, speed up the service that we provide to 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 oldies especially, and and I just 
I don't know the solution, but I just know that you and your pharmacy owners and pharmacy staff interact and you know the, the, the needs and wants and, and concerns of so many people in the community. And we're able to provide a service that helps oldies to stay mobile, safe and happy and, and keep them in their home for as long as possible in, in, a, in a safe way. And I, I don't know the technology solution, but how we can build a link between what you guys understand, what what our clients both need, and how we can provide a service to help them with their mobility, while you guys are providing a service around medication and other primary healthcare advice, um, uh, whether it's a, a way that technology can link up um, pharmacists, physiotherapists in the field with elderly clients who are living at home. I, I don't know the answer, Rob, but that's that's the the, the concept that I think would be, would be pretty beneficial to our um to our business and potentially you guys as well. Yeah, and look, I think we we talk a lot about, you know, being in strong collaboration with all of the community links around you and that includes the allied healthcare team, the general practitioners, nurses as well because I think too many times even our patients get frustrated and having to repeat their stories over and over again to multiple healthcare practitioners because of the absence of that collaboration and uh, you know, it very much depends on the community too, you know, if you're in a particular area where there's a strong need for aged Care, not enough beds but more people at home you know there's probably a good way for pharmacies physios and all allied health to be supporting those patients to stay in good health for as long as possible and uh, yeah I look forward to uh, you know have, having uh, you know a great involvement in that not only on a personal level but I know that our colleagues as well in creating these patient-centric pharmacies are you know going to have a, ble- a big role to play in that as well. Tristan, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show today. I thoroughly appreciate the insights and what you've been able to share with us. I know that our listeners will certainly take away the importance of culture and what they can do in their businesses right now in planning for not only the next five years, but uh, 10, 15 years, and hopefully in a, well, in a well-established, sustainable, successful future as well. And we look forward to following your journey and uh, inviting you back in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, Rob. Been great to be here. Thanks, Tristan. Well, no doubt, as we discussed with Tristan, we've all thought about creating mission statements, creating core values in our businesses, but perhaps we haven't seen the inherent value that doing that in our businesses was going to make us more profitable and therefore create a better business. But clearly from the PhysioCo story and their momentous rise to the number one great place to work in Australia... And the very fact that the vision they set for themselves, the number of consultations, the number of people, the awards they were going to win, have all come true in shortened timelines as well. It just goes to show that no matter what the goal is that you want in your business, by putting it out there, engaging with your team, embedding it in the culture, makes it more achievable and therefore more successful in our businesses. My three key learnings, well, number one is with the six CPA being signed off, we do have that degree of certainty in our businesses for the next five years. So we need to use that five-year window to create and implement that clear vision of where we're going to be in five years' time. As we so often hear from people within the industry and also outside the industry, there is so much in a small business that's right, a pharmacy as well, that we can control that doesn't involve the external forces. So yes, the 6CPA will provide a certain level of funding and professional service opportunities, but there is so much opportunity as we talk about on the show that we can bring to fruition in our businesses if we choose to focus on it 
and put it into our businesses as well. And creating the values is going to enable your team to be in the best place to be able to deliver on that as well. Number two, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. Have a good think about what your BHAG is and what you and your team can think about in terms of building a remarkable future for your business. But the fact that you'll all be talking the same language, it was fantastic to hear from Tristan. They're all talking the same values. They're all talking the same mission, what they're looking to achieve, and every conversation relates back to that. So whenever they have a conflict or they have an opportunity come their way, it goes goes through that remarkable filter of their core values and where they're going as a company, which is quite remarkable. So have a really good think about that. And number three is your communication must be flexible, face-to-face, frequent, and fun. Now, I know that I just put four Fs together there. Purely, that was all on the fly. But nonetheless, it was fantastic to see how the PhysioCo, despite practicing from the clinic of everywhere, are able to bring their team together several times a year to re-engage with their core values, but also implement a company-wide social network to keep themselves up to date. And I've got all the links for all of that in the show notes as well. All in all, there is so much opportunity in our businesses, we talk about that enough, but to really bring it home and to give our team the best opportunity of engaging and helping us get there, we've got to start with that culture. So it's back to basics this week, but you establish the culture, it gives a remarkable vehicle to be able to take your business forward. And that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from Jim Collins, which is... A culture of discipline is not a principle of business, it's a principle of greatness. And in case you're wondering, that quote came from his book, Good to Great, which Tristan referenced in our chat today. Next week, we've got another massive interview coming your way. We have Debbie Rigby, one of Australia's leading clinical pharmacists and the co-founder of Farm Education. And she joins us to share her vision for the use of pharmacy data, what systems we need and why unlocking the insights is the key to our pharmacy future. Absolutely fantastic. I know you will absolutely loved it. Leave a comment in the show notes if you've loved today's episode. I always love reading them and there is always space for you at the bottom. And I read and respond to every single one of them. And our guests, like Tristan today, are always happy to respond to your questions individually as well. Or you could hit him up on Twitter at Tristan White. Don't forget, we have some masterclasses coming your way. We have next Friday, we have Hilary Khan from episode 75, who will be showing us how, step-by-step, we can build a customized retail category for our pharmacies. It's limited to 100 seats, and it is filling up very, very quickly. So make sure you jump on to avoid disappointment. And also, remember to check out PharmacyFreedomIndex.com, our sponsor today, and discover your pharmacy's biggest opportunities in under 10 minutes. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.